Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. How you doing this week, Mo? Yeah. How you doing this week? Great. Great. Do you do you you, you sound like uh, you're you're ready to conquer a new episode of No Budget Nightmares? I am always ready to conquer a new episode hey, of No Budget Nightmares. Hear that, everybody? Except when uh, I'm not. At the top of the show, Mo, there's a couple of things we have to mention. Yes, we. <laughs> Mo, right before we started recording, we were having a discussion on who should talk about this thing, uh, and Mo said uh, he was. I, I think Mo took offense at the fact that I wouldn't let him talk about it. No, I just, you know, <laughs> it's it's fine. You you are clearly not uh, you know, like have no concern for my ability as a talker. So, no, I'm just, I'm joking, man. Go, go for it. If uh if everyone listening right now could have heard how Mo started this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. That's what in your in, in that's a that's a check mark in your in your box. So, I'll fuck up at some point during the episode. Yes, you will. For, for the first time ever in No Budget Nightmares history. Uh, just a couple uh, of quick announcements. The big one is uh, longtime listeners of the show and those who listened to the most recent episode will know that uh, recently uh, No Budget Nightmares and myself have left Daily Grindhouse as a, uh, as a place where you know we link via social networking and things like that to the podcast for people to access it. Um, we have now moved. No Budget Nightmares will now be available on dorkshelf.com starting with this episode. Now, uh, if you are currently subscribed to No Budget Nightmares on your RSS feed through iTunes or whatever program you use, uh, that's fine. That will continue. You will be able to continue to get that. You don't need to change your RSS feed or anything like that. But when we do link the show, it will be found on dorkshelf.com. And my writing will be found in the future on dorkshelf.com. And there's a lot of exciting things that are going to be happening uh, there in the very near future. And uh, we're going to be joining the uh, podcasts that are already on that site, including the Loose Cannons podcast, which goes chronologically through the Canon Films filmography, as well Ooh. as the development slate. Yeah, you should uh, check out those podcasts as well, because we're going to be joining them at dorkshelf.com. Just going to say it once more, dorkshelf.com. It's a, it's, a really, it's a really hard name to say. Yeah, not as hard uh, as No Budget Nightmares. <laughs> what a up. dumb fucking name for a podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, almost as bad as Eric Roberts is the fucking <laughs> Mo, there's another really exciting thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks. Ooh, what's that? Uh, if you want to watch the movie Hip Hop Locust. Oh, God. <laughs> actually, it's, it's older than a couple of weeks ago. But I was doing a search. I was actually just looking at, uh, at a few things online on YouTube. It's a website where you can watch videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did a search for Hip Hop Locust. <laughs> And I discovered that somebody had legally put Hip Hop Locos on 
for people to watch. Now, this has happened before. It's been on YouTube. You did have the ability to watch it legally in the past on YouTube, but it's always been taken down. So if you have never seen Hip Hop Locos, the feature covered on the very first episode of No Budget Nightmares, then this is your opportunity. Go and watch it and don't complain to me when you watch it and don't enjoy it. You think you're so tough, listeners of No Budget Nightmares? Yeah, I say. Uh, I do think that some people uh, see it as a challenge when we tell them not to watch something. So that's what I'm saying right now is go ahead and watch it. Just don't come crying to old Doug. Uncle Doug, as I like to call him myself. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> that's Uncle Mo over there. And I'm Uncle Doug. Well, uh, I'm already creepy Uncle Mo's. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, what are we watching on this episode of No Budget Nightmares? This week on No Budget Nightmares, we are watching the <laughs> 2007 release, Necroville. It sounded for a second like you had to look it up as if we're not going to be talking about I, it for it, like you 90 know, minutes. I, I didn't have to look it up, but a fly landed on my computer and it was super distracting. So I like, I like, I, I was... In the process of talking and attempting to swat away a fly. At the same is, time. Does the fly already have a podcast, do you think? Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, it's uh, it's Tales from the Laptop. 2007's Necroville, directed by Billy Garbarina and Richard Griffin, uh, starring Billy Garbarina. Uh, hopefully I'm not ma- uh, messing up that last name. I think that sounds like it would be right. You know, it sounds like a name. Sure. I keep thinking Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. my fault. Uh, and uh, it's interesting what? at the most at the end of the most recent episode when I was introducing the fact that I told Mo, you know what movie we should watch next is Necroville. I mentioned that I had seen it before, and I have seen it before. Uh, but the way that I described it to Mo wasn't really what the movie actually is on mm. on rewatch. Nope. I suggested that it was it was like a Ghostbusters esque comedy, except that instead of busting ghosts, which is what they do in Ghostbusters because it makes them feel good uh, they uh, they bust all sorts of monsters like zombies and um, uh, werewolves and uh, vampires yeah and that's not really what it is, even though those characters I mean, they do, it is about characters who do that but it's more kind of working class actually, that's not a really good way to describe it either because that's kind of the point of Ghostbusters, right? is that they were kind of like everyday people doing this work I mean honestly what this reminded me a lot of was my old days when I used to work in pest control right you know Um, yeah it really felt like like it was a uh, 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 an undead you know monstrosity type pest control company which I thought was a great idea one of the things I really like about Necroville is that it takes place in a world where the zombie apocalypse has sort of already happened it's a yeah. re- it's a recognizable world to us, right? I mean, everything seems to be pretty much as it at least was back in 2007. There are right. video stores and there are girl guides and there are whatever. But this is a world where uh, it's just take, taken for granted that there are zombies walking the street. Yeah. And yeah, in fact, because like right at the very beginning of the movie, they, like they, they open up this world immediately and it's brilliant, you know, because like the movie starts off with uh, with like a zombie coming out of the ground but then you sort of follow this one particular zombie walking through the town uh, until eventually it's it's standing in the middle of the street and there's this this dude in a car just honking at it, and it's fucking brilliant. I think it's a great way to open. It was a great way to open the movie. It was a great way to introduce you to this world. You know, yeah, it's, it, they really did a great job with it. It doesn't hit you over the head with it, and they never explain it. That's another thing that I really love about it. It's just you just like yeah. they they might be. You know, it, it, and, and not just zombies. I should make that clear, too. Yeah, there are creatures of all sorts, and people just kind of live around them. Yeah. 
One of my favorite moments in the movie involved Jack, the lead character played by Billy Garbarina. Um, he's um, freaked out by something, which we'll get into a little bit later. And a zombie just starts, approach, starts approaching him, and he's like, fuck off, and just pushes him out of the way. So you've, Mo, already sort of described the opening of the movie with this uh, zombie crawling out of the ground. What do you think about the zombies in this movie, Mo? I, you know, they're, they work. They're, it's fine. They're gray. Yeah, they're gray. Uh, but they look fine. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't. They're not really diverse, and they are Romero-style zombies, so they're not running around or anything like that. Right. And after we see the zombie kind of uh, crawl out of his dank grave <laughs> and be honked at by someone on the street, uh, the a group of zombies. We actually see a group of zombies kind of walking by a busy road. And then we're introduced to what I thought was going to be one of the major locations of the movie, which is Burning Paradise, which is an independent and foreign film store. Mm. I bet that this was a place where the people who made this movie were very familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would guess that as well. We get the logo, Burning Paradise. I hope it still exists. I would guess that it probably doesn't. It probably doesn't. And we see that a zombie approaches the door of this video store while someone is coming out. And the person coming out uh, hits – is it the zombie hits him on the head or he hits no, the zombie on the head? No, no. Um, he <laughs> – what happens is that the zombie sort of leans in you know, to kind of go after the guy and he gets hit in the head with the door. Right. Gets hit by the door. But yeah. then the zombie kind of shuffles into the video store and we are introduced to our two main characters – one of them is standing very dangerously on the fucking top step of a stepladder. On the very top step of a stepladder. Jesus Christ. While the other one is just sitting and reading a paper, a newspaper. Yeah. And then what happens? Uh, well, you know, the zombie comes in and, uh, and sort of examines the stepladder guy's foot for a second, sort of makes like he's going to, uh, to bite it. And uh, and the guy behind the newspaper says, "Oh, I'll take care of this one." And then the he, the zombie sort of pays attention to him and starts walking towards the uh, uh, the counter, where uh, boom, right through the uh, right through the newspaper, uh, shotgun blast hits the zombie, mangles his whole face. He bumps into the into the ladder. <laughs> uh, the guy on the ladder falls like face first into the zombie's like mangled face. It's really hilarious. And then all these uh, shelves of of VHS fall onto uh onto them and then uh, they complain about uh one of the characters complains about hating the town hating the job but not nearly as much as i hate you exactly and then jack who is the other guy goes what and then we go into the opening credits but before we talk about the opening credits mo let's talk about these two main characters in the movie because i have to be honest with you the biggest difficulty i had with this rewatch is the way that alex talks is with the way that alex talks and the way his character is i gotta tell you you know like i love jack i thought jack was a great character like like by like at the beginning of the movie because it's the first time i watched it i was giving alex some slack you know but by the time the movie ends man you just want him to shut up the thing about this movie uh and we've already mentioned the idea of ghostbusters as an influence but the biggest influence on this movie in terms of tone seems to be Shaun of the dead which had only come out i guess uh um a couple years before this, what year Shaun of the Dead? I don't know. We should know these sort of things, but no. But I mean, the, the relationship between Jack and Alex is very similar to the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost relationship in Shaun of the Dead. They're yeah. supposed to be good friends, but uh, in some ways people around Jack think that Alex is kind of holding him holding him back. 
Which is really funny because there's that there's not really any point like during the film where uh where you see him actively holding him back. Like he's just if, sort of just there. If anything, Alex is shown to be a lot more competent in almost everything than Jack yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, and not to mention the fact that like like throughout the course of the of the movie, like Alex is constantly giving Jack like good advice. Yes. You know? Though he's he's giving it in the most dipshitty way possible. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. He, like he is such an unlikable character, and I really hate to say this because he's not supposed to be. He's supposed right. to be funny and uh, and engaging. I mean, I guess he's supposed to be sometimes a little annoying, but we're supposed to like him. But that was my problem with the movie: is that one of the two main characters I really disliked. Right. Exactly. And his face. There's something about his face. All right, well, let's 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 not <laughs> let's let's not be that petty. He has like earrings and uh, like it's okay to have earrings and uh, the fact yeah. that he, yeah, but uh, every time I saw his face with those earrings, <laughs> I just wanted to punch and punch and punch. What do you think? I think you might need to see a therapist. I have some issues. Opening credits, Mo. <laughs> I have some issues. Soundtrack. Zombita and the Skeletones, Nobody Likes You When You're Dead. I love this track. I fucking love it. Now, where have you heard this song before, Mo? Uh, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't I I don't know. I but feel you, like I, I feel like it's been in another movie we've covered. It but, has. Yeah, but um and I probably said how much I loved it on that on that episode as well, but I really, really do love this song. Well, Zombina and the Skeletones uh, have a couple of songs on this soundtrack, but Nobody Likes You When You're Dead was also used in the legendary Catholic Ghoul Girls. Ah, Catholic Ghoul Girls. That's why I don't remember. (laughs) I will say, without giving too much away about my opinion on Necroville, it's a fucking hell of a lot better than Catholic Ghoul Girls. Uh, yes. And we get the opening credits, which zooms in slowly on a map. Necroville, Mo, exists somewhere in New Mexico. Yeah. Have you ever been to New Mexico? I have never been west of Pennsylvania. So So you haven't been to Old Mexico either. I have never been to Old Mexico either. Have you ever met a Mexican? Uh, yeah. Why is that such a weird question to ask? I thought you you grew up in Connecticut, Mr. Ooh-la-la fancy Republican country. First off, Connecticut's a blue state. Um, second, second off, uh, all those types live down by the. Uh, Vince the McMahon lives there. Yeah, but that's where he lives, <laughs> down by the uh, the border of, of of New York, not up where I am. Oh, by the border of New York, that l- notoriously right wing location. No, no, no. It really is like uh, like from like the border of New York up until like you hit Bridgeport. It's like Fairfield County, basically. Um, which means nothing to anybody who's not from Connecticut. So Fairfax uh, is that where it was? Fairfield. Fairfield. Uh, but that's uh, that 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 area is, and even that's kind of pushed. Well, anyway, Mo, I've, yeah, I've been told about, I'm not allowed to get enough. political on no budget nightmares. Some people really don't enjoy it, apparently. Yeah, well, you know, we. <laughs> but I don't know what's going on in that country of yours. We've got we've got supporters on all sides <laughs> listening to this show. Some so. people have told me, Mo, that they listen despite me as opposed to because of me. <laughs> I don't like hearing that. Which is really funny because, like, if you're listening just for me, God help you. Yeah, Mo's got a cold sometimes. So there's a Most cell phone. Of the time. So after the credits, uh, we go back to the video store where a cell phone 
is uh, is ringing. One of those old school 2007 cell phones. I don't know why. I guess it was 2007 when they made this movie. Yeah, so it was new school then. And we see that the call is from Penny Love. And Penny Love is the main, uh, is the girlfriend of Jack, one of our main characters. Yeah, she's actually the character I disliked the most. But I think that's intentional. Yeah, it's intentional. So, you're supposed to dislike yeah, her. Yeah, you're supposed to not like her. My only problem with her as a character is that she's so unlikable that it... <laughs> she com- becomes kind of straw manish, you know, where, where it's like, there's no person. Like, I understand that there are awful partners to people in this world, Mo. Right, right. And I mean, you might have had a relationship in the past where um, the the person that you were with maybe wasn't the nicest person in the world. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> talking about my marriage. Yeah, so, well, yeah. whatever. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going into details. But yeah. what I'm saying is, I'm sure there were times when that person was okay, because otherwise, you probably wouldn't have gotten to that relationship in the first place. Yep. And, you know, maybe things turned around a little, and all you could see was the negativity. But in this case, Penny is always awful. Yeah, she's awful from the very first time you hear from her. And, and it's it's just, it's weird because... Uh, Jack is constantly defending her, but you never see any of that time when they were good together. So you have nothing to base his, you know, his defense of her on. It's just, she's just awful from the beginning. But we, we, we do want him to get out of this relationship. That is something that they really wanted to kind of hammer home in this movie. Right. But uh, that uh, incident that we saw before the credits where the ladder got knocked over and all that shit, that was apparently a big deal. Uh, because the next thing we're introduced to is a guy with a big beard, a big bushy beard, uh, and he is the guy I guess who owns the video store, and he's yelling at uh, at Jack and Alex while we get a message from Penny Love playing in the background, her being mm-hmm. awful. There she, she, this bearded guy is chewing him out. You're fired. You're fired. Now get out of my store before I kill the both of you. Now those weird crunchy sounds you heard at the end there. Was the guy gnawing on his own finger? Mm-hmm. You ever do that, Mo, when you're frustrated? No. Gnaw on a part of your own body? I don't, because I'm not a big fan of pain. Right. <laughs> some people. This guy is. Anyway, that's what's really... <laughs> so, so are some other characters you were going to meet later. <laughs> so Jack and Alex have been fired from their job at the video store, <clears> which <throat> I guess any person who would be likely to watch a movie called Necroville, that would be like the biggest tragedy in the world, <laughs> being fired from a video store. I think that would be the majority of our audience, yes. So they, Jack and Alex, then walk home. Um, they leave and they're talking about the fact that they're fucked because they got fired. And Alex is listening to the message from Penny. Um, and Al- this is when we're first introduced to the fact that Alex does not like Jack's girlfriend, Penny. Yeah. He calls he, her a psycho hose beast. <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't like Penny. Which is funny because so then the somebody jumped together. So, you know. Yeah, right. They seem a little. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so then suddenly someone jumps in front of our two heroes and dances around like a weirdo. Who's this person? Uh, did he have a name? Because I don't I think so. Because I didn't hear it. I just said some weirdo in crotchless pants. Or and then I realized later that he's actually just wearing underwear over his pants. Yeah. Um. It hops out, starts doing a little jig of sorts, and he ends up asking Alex and Jack if they could spare some ammo. Right. So he, this guy's like a, a hobo or a um, a miscreant or a homeless person who, yeah. instead of asking for change, he asks for ammo. And that goes like this. Alex, can you spare some ammo for an old 49? Sorry, dude. We need what we've got to get home. Oh, oh. Jesus. 
Jesus Christ was a homosexual. Now, <laughs> why do you say <laughs> Oh, there's his name right there, Larry. What do you want? Well, don't get too attached to Larry. <laughs> No. <laughs> One thing is, so they uh, they take pity on him and give him a few shotgun shells. Uh, and then he, he immediately bites one of them. He bites one of them. And as they're walking away, he pinches their butts. He gooses them. Yeah. And then seconds later, he's attacked by zombies. It's, um, see, I, he, this is another great insight into the world that these guys live in. Because, like, you know, Larry gets attacked by zombies and Alex is pissed off because now they're down a couple of shells. Right. Um, and then they just they're just holding this conversation where Jack is defending Penny. Um, you know, and Alex is like, Oh, there's more than women than just a good rack, you know. Um but meanwhile, like all of this is happening, you're just hearing like biting and chewing noises in the background because Larry's just getting eaten. <laughs> I guess they weren't too attached. Now, talk about the violence in this movie, Mo. This is a violent movie. It is a violent movie. It's not. It, it's some violent shit, if it, you will. Yeah, and for all the violent shitters out there who enjoy that kind of thing, <laughs> violent shitters. Remember, that's what the movie was dedicated. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, like it's gory, and there's a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, there's some digital effects in this movie, Mo. A lot of uh-huh. the gunfire and things are all... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. a couple of head, like, blastings and shit are all Sure, digital. sure. But, uh, but there's, a lot of, there's a lot of decent um, physical effects in this as well, including... They, they actually blend the digital stuff in well enough that yeah. it's, not, it's not so, like, obvious or, like, out of place that it works. It's for, for a no-budget movie in 2007, it's done really well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it's no rock, paper, scissors to follow the original six. Yeah, that's, I was about to say the exact opposite of that, but yeah. <laughs> So Jack gets home, and we get a real insight into his relationship with Penny because she asks if he's uh, brought her a salad with honey mustard dressing, and he's forgotten it. So he goes back out. Now, remember that this is a very dangerous world this person lives in. Right. And she wants cigarettes as well. She likes to smoke cigarettes, Mo. Yeah. And then when he comes back later, she complains both about how long it took, uh, and then she complains that she wanted the low-fat honey mustard. What an awful person. She yeah exactly. Who the hell wants to eat low fat honey mustard? That's right. I mean it's yeah. it discuss well if you're gonna have a salad I guess you're already. <sighs> What's your favorite See, kind of salad, Mo? Um, the kind with lettuce and chicken. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Maybe some spinach. Spinach. What's your least favorite vegetable, Mo? My least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, or just name a vegetable that you don't particularly care for. Uh, uh how do you feel I- about tomatoes, Mo? I like tomatoes. I like most vegetables. I'm a big vegetable guy. All right. Good yeah. to know. So he then, Jack, tells Penny that he was fired from his job. And uh, <laughs> what a random fucking question. All right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. We were talking about salad, Mo. Yeah, I know. But all right. Go ahead. So <laughs> Penny is then very concerned about how they're going to pay rent, how they'll afford to eat. <clears throat> um, yes. How they will pay rent. Oh, what's that supposed to mean, Mo? Well, she doesn't have a job. She's a sponge. Well, you know, I mean, I understand, I understand the whole, like, you know, it being in a relationship, it's a partnership, blah, blah, blah. I, that's fine. Like, it doesn't bother me that she doesn't have a job, but you know, like what, like when you, when you're not working and you're complaining about how the other person's going to, going to pay, you know, your portion of your rent. I mean, come on. Yeah. And, and she, uh, the suggestion from Jack is that maybe Penny should look for a job, but she says that she wants to go to massage school and is yeah. waiting for a check from her mom. Exactly. And uh, I I know it's your dream. Yes, to go to massage school. <laughs> yeah, you ever got had a professional massage, Mo? 
Uh, not professional, no. Hey, Babu. <laughs> <laughs> so she also mentions how much she hates Alex and that Alex is holding him back. Uh, and in fact, um, Jack blames what happened at work on Alex, even though it really wasn't Alex's fault. No, I mean, like, you know, Alex being dangerously on top of the ladder is Alex's fault. But, yes. you know, the fact that, you know, Jack shot a zombie in the face and blew him into Alex is not Alex's fault. So Jack is depressed and exhausted. But and he, this... he does he does sort of backtrack on it a little bit. He's like, ah, it's more complicated than that. But he refuses yeah. to go into any more detail. So Jack is depressed and exhausted. And what you'll find is when he's at home for the rest of the movie, he's going to talk about being depressed and exhausted. So maybe he is a sack of shit. Maybe he's no good to be in a relationship with. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what What's the... Um... What's the, what's the line he keeps using? Uh, it's like, oh, we're, I'm drowning here. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, as he's talking about being really exhausted, she starts to baby him and uh, talks about it that she knows what will make him feel better. And then they start kissing, but the camera fades out, Mo. What do you think happens? I'm guessing she gave him a massage. Yeah. And- uh, yeah, honestly, like, like you learn very early in the film because we're not even like, I mean, we're about 10 minutes in at this point. <laughs> we better get going. And, yeah, ex- exactly. We're running, we're running late. Well, what is your favorite uh, salad again? <laughs> <laughs> Cobb. Um, he, that, that she's like super manipulative, you know, like that's, that's where the issue really comes in is that she like really knows how to like push him back into like being in her favor and it's, it's. Kind of disgusting. She does fuck him, though. She does fuck him. So, I mean, that's something. I mean, it's off camera, but still. Except for that one scene where that isn't. (laughs) So, the next day, Jack and Alex get together because they're going to go looking for some jobs. Uh, And Jack looks even more tired than before because he didn't get much sleep. Why was that, Mo? Because they were fucking. Because they were knocking boots. Uh, (laughs) So, they start looking through um, the newspapers for job listings. And this is the conversation they have. Now, remember the world that we're talking about. Yep. Landscaping. Out in the open? Not very safe. Boing. Pizza delivery? Yeah, right. Would be some blood-sucking Night Stalker <laughs> Pothead's Midnight Munchie? I think not. Mmm. Mmm. Adult bookstore? Circle that one. That one made me laugh. Tech support? <laughs> they both laugh at the idea of doing technical support <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah i've done technical support mo i couldn't do it it's no laughing matter i'm not technical. <laughs> hey did you hear what was going on in the background of that clip yeah yeah no i love i love all the boing, boing. <laughs> there's cartoons on tv and if yeah. you listen to what's going on in them it, it is fucking twisted but then again if it's a world where murder is a part of your everyday life i guess things would get kind of twisted i like how like there's that one sort of pause and you just hear the guy in the back go what else could you do (laughs) (laughs) but uh as they uh go through this listing they don't end up (laughs) trying to get a job at the adult uh bookstore um they instead see a commercial on the television right mo yeah for Zombie Gone. Zombie Gone, which is a, a not just for zombies, it's actually a, a kind of a monster disposal or monster exterminator, I guess. Which is hilarious because I don't know if you noticed or not, but the commercial never once actually says Zombie Gone. Like when they tell you what number to call, they spell the whole thing out. Right, right. So- you know? And like the and I love 
that the guy uh, and you're gonna hear because we have the, uh, the 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 clip for you. But the guy is doing just the fucking worst Walken impression. Now you're right; he is doing a very terrible Christopher Walken impression. But it's brilliant; it works perfectly. Mo, why don't you like his Walken impression? It's better than your Walken impression. <laughs> Jesus, what's wrong, Mo? With <laughs> anyway, let's play this clip. Yeah, please. Call the number on your screen. 505-Z-O-M-B-G-O-N. We provide extermination, including living dead, lycanthropes, Nosferatu, mutated fishmen, extraterrestrial nuisances, occult and paranormal phenomenon, chupacabra, loud college parties, I let that clip go that long specifically to get him saying chupacabra. Yeah. And then at the very end, there's two like sexy women going, call us, we're the experts, which again, very good parody of those kind of commercials. And super misleading because, man, they're they're not there. So what happens now, Mo, is something that we see in a lot of motion pictures, um, movies is another word to use, um, <laughs> where someone will say, there's Film, no goddamn way I'm going to do that. And then it right. suddenly cuts to them doing it. Yeah, And they do that here where Jack says, there's no fucking way I'm going to call this number. And then it cuts to him, but it doesn't work in the context of this movie because it's hard to tell at first that he's in a different location. Right, exactly. Because the uh, the office for Zombie Gone is, uh, just looks like somebody's house yeah pretty much you know? yeah it, 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 it you know it, it's i guess it would have been difficult to establish that uh but also it, it, it there's a few things in this movie and we'll mention them as we get to them where there's like a really funny good idea but it doesn't work out technically and yeah well i mean honestly like they could have done like added one extra shot in there you know maybe like i don't know like an establishing shot or right. something uh you know to show that they were there but uh yeah I actually, uh, this next character who we're going to meet, who I don't even know if he has a name. I call him the boss. Yeah, I just called him boss, too. Uh, I love this guy because, like, he's, like, just a mystery. My problem with this movie is that we keep running into characters that I wish were one of the main characters. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) So they're there and they're sitting at Zombie Gone. And, you know, Jack is wondering if this is a good idea. Alex seems to be really into it. And an employee of the zombie gun, he bursts out of an office and he complains that he was like bitten that day and he runs out. Uh, and, and the boss goes after him. Now, describe the boss to me, Mo. All right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I love the boss character, first off, because my next door neighbor looks exactly like him, which really made me laugh when he popped up on screen. I, I mean, I mean exactly like him. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is actually kind of awesome. So he's this, uh, you know, a uh, black dude with uh, dreadlocks wearing some very punk rock clothing, like like what you would imagine like punk rock business attire would look like. Sure. So he's, so he's got like the bondage pants, you know, like the the uh, plaid uh, bondage pants, but his shirt is just amazing. Um. So he's wearing what would essentially be like a like a white business shirt, but it like around the collar, like around like the 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 neck and shoulders areas, there's just like two leather strips holding the two sections together uh, that are just being held on by like chains. And he's wearing like a black leather tie. This is it's, way more detailed of a description than I was expecting of it this is, gentleman. I 
Love this character. Every time he comes on screen, he's amazing. I just called him Rasta Boss Man. Yeah, he's basically a Rasta Boss Man, yeah. Now, there uh, is something weird about him. Uh, he's sure. good. Like, his delivery is really good. Yeah, but his accent is weird. But what like, is his accent? Like, he yeah, doesn't ex- have an exactly. accent. Exactly. He keeps... he Like, every now and again, he'll say something, and I'll be like, is he supposed to be British? Yeah, I think he was written to be British, but he doesn't even, like, make an attempt. So he calls people... He, he calls the guy, the, the guy who ran out just then, a daft cunt, right? Yeah, exactly. Which uh, is funny, but it's not... It sounds weird coming out of someone who sounds like they're from New Mexico as opposed to being from England. <laughs> right. I think, like, when I imagine him, I think of him sounding like Don Letts, right? The Like, the very British, Rastafarian-looking guy. And they yeah. even play, like, a lot of reggae music in the background and stuff. But yeah, he's like a reggae punk boss man. Yeah. So they, <laughs> at first he wonders what the fuck uh, Jack and Alex are doing there, but then they say that they're looking for a job, so he invites them into his office. And this is where <laughs> we discover, Mo, that both Alex and Jack have hidden skills. Yeah, they, they have two very differing hidden skills. Like, so there's a point where the, the, the Rasta boss, as you were calling him. <laughs> uh, the Rasta man. Yeah, uh, holds up a, a gun and asks them what it is, and Jack just goes, it's a gun? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have responded with. That would have been my response, too. Uh, but Alex apparently is uh, very familiar with guns and uh, and defends it by saying, I, I didn't want to go to those NRA meetings. Yeah, because Jack goes, you're such a Republican. You're such a Republican, yeah. So then the bo- uh, But it turns out that Jack, on the other hand, is more adept at the physical skills uh, aspect of the job. The boss is asking about the physical skills. He goes, hand-to-hand? Mortal Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a test for those uh, who have, I guess, some sort of hand-to-hand skills to, 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 to try it out. So right. Jack goes into this testing room, which is a big, dark, scary room, which the boss and Alex, they watch through like a glass uh, window. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Al- Jack is looking around. He looks freaked out. And then he sees a door, which has one of those like red light bulbs in front of uh, on top of it yeah it goes off it starts to uh uh to to flash and a sexy woman comes through the door yeah now in a movie mo a sexy woman is a dangerous thing Uh, and especially in this one so suddenly this sexy woman who is uh she's like playing coy and she has like a skirt on but then she tries to attack him because she's actually a vampire she's a vampire and then he shows... I think I just scared my cat. <laughs> Jack shows that he actually does have some hand-to-hand skill. He kicks her, and then he reaches into her chest and pulls out her heart. Just pulls it right out. And then does a martial arts pose while a gong sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awful, but pretty good, I'll say. I loved it. So uh, both Alex and the boss are quite surprised by what they see. Uh, uh, Jack exits the room. He actually puts the heart in Alex's hand, which is great. Uh, and and the boss says, Roy, when can you stop then? Except he doesn't say it like that. That's the way you expect him to say it. But he just says, right, when can you start then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we cut to a little bit later where Penny is discovering what Jack uh, has done. And she's upset. She is none too pleased. Yeah, and... Uh, Alex, uh, she blames Alex about the whole thing. But then Jack says, it was either this or sanitizing glory holes. And I have in my notes, hey, just like Mo does. I don't touch those <laughs> at all, ever. Thank Do you, you. Are there glory holes in your uh, place of business? Uh, I will plead the fifth on this one. It's an interesting response to that question. <laughs> <laughs> so they are, in- uh, 
Uh, I will say that that uh, glory holes are not legal, and uh, any holes that may appear in any of the booths in my shop are for ventilation purposes only. Right, and you don't know who's on the other side of those things, right? Exactly. Well, could be guys... a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah, right. Could be a beautiful, sexy woman who just—I mean, you don't know. Well, he could be anyone. Of, he's probably thinking of a woman too. Yeah, right. Just two bros thinking about women, <laughs> doing what bros do. Yeah, sure. Anyway, this is the part where, as you mentioned before, Jack says, "What do you want me to do? I'm fucking drowning here." Yeah, well, that's the first time he says it because he says it a couple of times. Yeah, right. Uh, um, he, he does try. He, to- he does also tell her that Alex is not working. Yeah, which is a lie. Big lie. And so maybe he's the jerk in this relationship. He's not. You should not lie to your significant other unless there's no way she's going to find out. He talks about how the place is super professional. And then he goes, you should see the guns. And she's very shocked to hear that they have guns. Yeah, and then he says something even worse. He goes, well, I won't be handling the guns. <laughs> she's like, you're not going to have a gun? <laughs> So uh, eventually, um, she starts to cry. He comforts her, and then they start kissing. And she goes, "Jack, I don't know what I'd do without you." Yeah. To which Alex says, "Probably starve." Because <laughs> <laughs> it cuts to later on where Alex and Jack are talking, and I guess Jack just talked to Alex and told him what happened. That's you're right. He he basically continues yeah. what she said, like a response. Yep. So they have a conversation, which in which Alex is a fucking tool. The whole time. Uh, And in fact, it's funny that this clip right here will say, will be from Alex saying that Jack is a tool. But anyway, you'll hear his delivery. You'll know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. We went to bed. I can't believe you, dude. What? You are such a fucking tool. What? (laughs) That girl must have a pussy made of gold. (laughs) Mother fucker. That's my fucking girlfriend, dude. Fine. I'm sorry. It's not my fault your girlfriend's a cunt. What? I said it's not my fault my good friend's in a rut. You know, that's oh. cool, dude. I know you've got my <laughs> You know, that's another thing that is in a lot of movies where someone says something and then pretends they say something else. Do you think that's ever worked in real life? It's worked for me. Give me an example, Mo. I, I can't remember specifically what I said, but I had a very similar situation where I said I said something really awful and the person said wait what'd you say and i said something completely different that sounded like it they're like oh okay. i said i love you <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> and then they uh after having that conversation they head into zombie gone for their first full day of work and we get a montage of them getting prepared for the job suiting up suiting up they have gloves they have glasses they have name tags and holy water holy water it's very important mo we should it's- remember that they have holy water Yes, it's it's one it's one of of uh, a couple of of huge uh, foreshadowing events in the movie, and it's in a squeeze bottle. <laughs> it's in a squeeze bottle. So their very first assignment is to visit uh, one of uh, Zombie Gone's best customers, Old Lady Old Lady John- Johnson, <laughs> and they're told that they can take the van to go visit her, and then they do. And what's Old Lady Johnson doing? Uh, she is swinging a broom at a cat <laughs> and screaming, "Kill it!" <laughs> She's just this old woman yelling, kill it now, kill it, while hitting a cat with a broom, which is pretty terrific, I have to say. And by the way, this cat seems completely nonplussed, but all these angry cat noises are dubbed over it. <laughs> well, I like how later how later on in the movie you see the cat is like at Jack's house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, uh, Alex just waits while Jack does all the work, like running after the cat. They eventually deliver the cat in like a carrier. 
And uh, <laughs> Mrs. Jo- old Lady Johnson gives them some milk and cookies, and they go, thank you, Mrs. Johnson. Yeah, that's, that actually is like a theme in the movie where Jack is off doing all the work, and Alex is just sort of standing there smoking. Yeah, there's a lot of smoking in this movie. A lot of smoking in this movie. Because it's 2007, it was 2016, they'd be vaping. Probably not. Later, yeah. Alex and Jack are eating burgers. Mo, have you ever been to In-N-Out Burger? I have not, no. Have you ever been to Fat Burger? Nope. You ever been to... What's what's a good burger place? I mean, we've got five guys here. Oh, yeah? You know, which, you, I, which, you, I, which I appreciate. Do you ever see them next to those glory holes you keep talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, <laughs> I, I, I love the name because you can just... Because you can make that joke. It's like, oh, I love five guys in my mouth. That's you know? right. Yeah. Oh, that sauce from the five guys. Yeah, man. Ooh, it's, it's the so best. Juicy. So juicy. Oh, I just want to drown in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, later they're eating burgers and Jack gets another phone call from Penny. Uh, and she's just asking what he's doing. And she, uh, she she says that she's hungry, and uh, be, because she's completely uh, what what what's the word I'm looking for here, Mo? She relies on him entirely. That's what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> she needs him to come home so she can he can bring her something to eat. But he says that he left her a twenty. And what does she do with that twenty, Mo? Well, I love I love the look on his face when she says, "Oh, I'm hungry," and he's just like he's like super excited because like, I was prepared for this. Well, I left you a twenty under the ashtray, and she's like, "Yeah, I know, but I had to buy a, I, I saw a CD and I had to buy it. Yeah, you know? and the CD was is by a band called Essence of Gelfling. Uh, yeah. What's that a reference to, Mo? Um. I should know this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. I had to look it up. Yeah, I, it's it's not off the top of my head. I can't. I believe it's a reference to the Dark Crystal. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's oh, it. thank goodness. <laughs> so Alex uh, asks what uh, what she wants. Like he yells into the phone, and Penny overhears, and that's now she's upset with Jack because now he, he, she knows that he's working with Alex. Yeah. And then Alex, who again is kind of a fucking asshole. He just hangs up on her. He hangs up on her and gives the famous Han Solo boring conversation anyway. <laughs> and then she calls back, and then Alex hangs up on her again. Which is great. <laughs> and then Jack... I mean, calls- it was a total dick move the first time he did it, but the second time he did it, I'm like, that's fucking great. I and then know. Jack calls her, and he keeps he's just pretending that it was a bad signal, so he does the thing where, um, where he's, like, speaking, but pretending to drop out as he's speaking. Doing a fucking terrible job. Terrible job at it. Which is why I love it. It's a it's a great gag because normally like they'll try to do it really good and he's just fucking terrible. But it's fuck it's great. The song that's playing in the background when it cuts back to Penny, I I all I could hear is it is it someone screaming "Shut up and die, everybody hates you." <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> so, uh, oh, another repeated gag in this is that Alex will say something really shitty and then Jack will punch him in the arm. In the exact same place. And I grew up with two older brothers. And I have a permanent bruise in my arm in the exact, exact same place where Jack keeps punching Alex. So I have a very a lot of sympathy for those punches. I grew up with a sister. So I had more mental torment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've seen uh, Punch Trunk Love. I know how that works. <laughs> so then Alex's phone rings. And what's notable about his phone when it rings? It has a ringtone. Oh, I didn't even pay attention. It plays O Canada, Mo. Oh, does it? I don't know why. That plays into something a little bit later. <laughs> but the call's from the boss, who tells him that there's a minor outbreak on Sorority Row. And then we get a not-too-convincing sorority house. <laughs> it's just kind of like a building. Yeah, not where, at all. Where they've placed some uh, some letters on the front to represent it being a sorority. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I love the fact that it's like, not only is it just some random old building, it's like a fucking like warehouse or like an office building. It's not like even a house at all, which is great. Look, maybe there's a whole backstory there about the sorority. They got kicked off campus or something like that. So they had to move into a whole warehouse full of zombies. Ah, Delta House. Okay. That's right. And so this place, this (laughs) fucking, (laughs) this uh, warehouse is full of women in their underwear. Yeah. They're, they're like gals running around their underwear while zombies are chasing them around. I like this school. Yeah, it's good, right? Yeah. And Jack and Alex show up. Jack has a baseball bat. Alex has a shotgun. <laughs> they go inside and women are screaming and running around. So Alex immediately goes to comfort them. He gets them all in a room. And then this happens. How you doing? You all right? Thank God you stood up. <laughs> I think it's... We thought we were goners. It's okay. Is there anything I can do to make you feel... Safer? Just don't leave us. Not going anywhere. Don't you worry your pretty little head. What about your friend? <laughs> him? Don't worry about him. He can take care of himself. So Jack's having a hard time with the zombies. So, um, so yeah, so Alex is confident and uh, attractive to women, uh, I guess, in this scene. Yeah. So anyway, Jack uh, uh, is very panicky. Alex goes off and uh, he shoots a shotgun at some off-screen zombies. Yeah, I kind of like the scene because he's just basically like, you know, like pump and shoot, pump and shoot. And then like there's this great moment where he uh, where he kind of. Uh, like you think he's done, and he puts the shotgun over his over his shoulder, and then pulls it, and you hear the splatter off screen. It's yeah, I don't know, it's it's a fun little moment. So Jack suggests that Alex go around the back, but the women are like, no, he's got a gun and he's staying with us, which, you know, that's, I guess that's what it's like in the, in certain parts of the United States. In the world of zombie removal. Oh yeah, that too. So Jack then goes to take care of some zombies with his baseball bat. And he he does, he actually does a really good job beating the shit out of him, throws one to the floor and beats the living fuck out of it while blood covers his face. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Like he, you probably shouldn't get let zombie blood get in your mouth. That's probably bad. Probably not a good thing, yeah. Right. You know, in The Walking Dead, it's uh, you can't actually catch the zombie disease. Well, because you already have it. You already have it. Everyone already has it. It's just that when they bite you, it's like it just makes you really sick, and then you die, and then you become a zombie. Exactly. But everyone's a walking dead, just like the title. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, they leave the sorority house after getting rid of all the zombies. Huge and- spoilers there for anybody who hasn't, <laughs> you know, watched the show yet. Like we, like like we give a shit about fucking spoilers. Look, if you're if you're watching us talk about an entirely different property, <laughs> you have to expect spoilers about something that you maybe were going to watch. Exactly. So Alex, now, let's spend the next half hour talking about Game of Thrones. Let me tell you what happens in the final season of Breaking Bad. <laughs> let me tell you what happens in the final. Anyway, Alex and Jack are they have different opposing feelings on the job. Alex seems to really enjoy it. And Jack talks, he actually quotes Alex from the very beginning of the movie. He says he hates this job and he hates the town. And then they make a little joke, probably a little inside joke for people involved with the movie, where uh, one of them says, this town's a fucking hellhole. And then they say, at least it's not Albuquerque. Oh, shit. Oh, snap. Speaking of Breaking Bad. Uh um, (laughs) ABQ. So I guess Albuquerque is a real awful place to live. What do you think, Mo? I'm sure it's a perfectly fine place to live. What do you think about that uh, Weird Al song about Albuquerque? I like it. Yeah. So a little bit later on, Penny, 
is at home on her computer. And she's writing an electronic mail to somebody. Yes. Who's she writing it to? Uh, she is, well, I, they don't show it at the beginning. It's just sort of, uh, just, we see her missive about how it's, uh, how it's great that you're back in town and, you know, and so immediately you're assuming that she's either cheating on him or she's planning to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, Jack and, and, uh, and Penny talk for a minute. I keep forgetting her name because in my notes, it just says his girlfriend because I forgot that her name was Penny for half the movie. I looked it up Uh, on the IMDb. On the IMDb. Yeah, and also then I remember that it was on the phone at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they come in, they, she talks about how if he has her cigarettes or not, because that's all she seems to care about. Uh, we have this great little moment where he's trying to put the pack of cigarettes down, but it keeps sticking to his hand. Um, Just like that she, part in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where Chevy uh, Chase does some wonderful physical comedy because his hands are covered with tree sap, you see? And he's yes. trying to read this magazine, and it's yes. pretty funny. And he's in bed? I mean, come on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So um, she says that so, he stinks. Right. And uh, so he goes off to take a shower and blah, blah, blah. It's, you it's, know what really stinks, Mo? Cigarettes. Cigarettes are disgusting. I, I wonder if any of our listeners smoke cigarettes. If they do, they should stop. You should stop, listeners. T- take it from two healthy individuals like Mo and myself. Hey, look, there may be plenty of things that are with me that are horribly uh, unhealthy, but at least my lungs work. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you do seem to cough constantly. <laughs> I, that's because I have really bad allergies. Oh, <laughs> well, there you I, go. I'm fairly certain that I'm allergic to cats, and, <laughs> I have been, and I have been living with cats now for uh, like about three years. So, you know, there's that. But uh, but we do see that uh, the email that she is writing is to a master clerk at vmail.com, re the savage garden, um, and we're vmail. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> vmail. Clark Clark is going to be an important character. Hey Clark, just like I said, Clark Griswold. Clark Clark Griswold, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, Clark Clark will become important. Yeah, and and it's and, you know, and so this is kind of like giving the rest of the fucking movie away mm-hmm. in one in one moment. And so, like, I kind of didn't like the fact that they revealed that immediately. They should have, you know, like, there, there's a couple of timeline issues, like, between here and, and when you, like, you realize, well, quote-unquote, realize that Clark is who he is. Uh, there's there's that, some strange editing going on in general. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's that's my biggest complaint is like is just the how they handled Clark in the initial <laughs> bit here. Well, the next day, Alex and Jack are headed out and they're you know doing their job and they arrive at someone's house <laughs> to to, yeah. to you know to for work. <laughs> and the first thing that happens like they're wandering by like they're trying to find out where's the person who's going to tell them what they have to do, and a guy just kind of <laughs> like raises up out of the bushes. Yeah, he literally just pops up out of the bushes. Yeah, and then he says this. They're in there, in my house. What? What's in your house? Them. Just calm down, sir. What do you have? Vampires. All right. Vampires. We'll go in and check the house. Don't come inside until we come get you. Okay. And then he just lowers back into the bushes. Now, there's an interesting thing about how vampires work in the universe of Necroville. There's like, and this is great because uh, it's actually a pretty clever. When they go inside, there's a lot of people wearing black clothing 
uh, there's dudes making out. There's ladies making out. Uh, they're all wearing like a lot of uh, complex rubber and uh, black uh, plastic and all that sort of shit. Because why is that, Mo? Because they are goths. Yeah, they're full of goths. Like this, this room, they're not vampires. They're goths. But I, I, I got such a kick out of that, though, because like in my notes, I oh, they see a bunch of goth types, you know. And then like it comes and then it turns out like, oh, they're not vampires. They're just goth kids. But we then get a flashback to Zombie Gone, where the uh, where our Jack and Alex are talking to the boss man, where Rasta Boss, where Rasta Boss explains to them that these goth kids, like they'll sometimes go to a vampire nest and find goth kids, but um, they actually have to, they're actually under the control of the vampires, so you still got to right. take care of them. Yeah, so we learn we learn a little bit about like the hierarchy of the vampiric system, if you will. Um, that yeah, the goth kids are under the influence of a vampire who himself is under the direct influence of a master. Right. And the master vampire, that's going to be really important. The master is super powerful. He can walk around in sunlight and they don't know how to kill one. And Because they've never had to deal with it. And them. the boss man says that the wankers usually go back to L.A. or New York before winter. Yes, he says wankers. He does say wankers. But not in a British accent. No. <laughs> uh, I feel like, Mo, that this flashback sequence, I don't know if it was always supposed to be there, but I think it kind of hurts the joke of them going in Discovering that it's just just goth kids instead of vampires, and then just killing them anyway. Yeah, no, it totally fucking ruins the joke because it's because he the boss actually says, "Well, what do we do with the goth kids?" He goes, "Ah, just fucking kill them." Yeah, just kill them. So they go back yeah. and they start killing them. Um, but it, we also discover while they're killing them, there actually is a vampire in the room. Right. Um, there's one scene where Jack is just like strangling one of them to death and they're dead. And he just keeps strangling and strangling. <laughs> so, uh, they end up beating, up uh, the final, they beat up the one vampire that's in there and then they go outside and that guy who hired them to do the job, who was hiding in the bushes, he's, he's being eaten by fucking zombies. Right. And, and let's not forget that, uh, that when they do encounter the actual, like their actual first real vampire that, um. That it goes after Alex and Jack just freezes up. That's right. And that's really important. Jack very, freezes very up. Very important. And, yeah. and a little bit later, they are drinking beer together. And Alex is like, what the fuck was that? And he asks him why he froze while they were fighting the vampires. And Jack, the reason was because Jack thought it could have been the master. Exactly. And then we get a very important flashback. <laughs> where we discover, we actually, we discover why Jack is such a hand-to-hand combat master. Right. He did martial arts training, Mo. He did. By someone who specifically is helping him, you know, work out the skills on how to kill, I guess, the creatures of the night that are all over the goddamn place. I actually got kind of a kick out of it, like uh, at, at the end with, um, in the previous scene where they, they come out of the house with all the vampires and goth kids, I should say. Uh, and the guy who called them is being eaten by zombies. And Alex just goes, I hate this job already. <laughs> I did mention that. Oh, did you? Well, yeah, I didn't hear I did. it because I don't pay attention when you talk. So, <laughs> so you know that flashback we're talking about? Let's continue talking about yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the flashback some more. So this room, so there, we see Jack training in martial arts in like a studio. Yep. Um, and we have the martial arts master who's giving him advice. And then there's another person in the room doing stupid poses. Who is this person? This is Clark. This is Clark. And Clark has like curly hair and he acts and looks like a douchebag. <laughs> Clark looks like, um, 
He kind of looks like uh, the you know like the head goth kid on South Park, right? Like he kind of looks like him all grown up, so not, not constantly flicking his hair back. Yeah, just not <laughs> constantly flicking his hair back. So, but uh, he, t- he he basically talks like a walking fortune cookie, and he's awful. He's awful, and it's great he's because awful. he's intentionally supposed to be awful. Yes, and and but the master he's giving actual advice. So what what's happening here is that Jack. He just can't, like, uh, he's just not good enough. He can't complete the final level of his training. Uh, and we keep seeing him get, like, knocked to the mat by the master. And uh, the master gives advice. He goes, do not push the river, my son. It guides itself. <laughs> and then Clark says, I don't seem to be getting it, Sensei. Do not push the river, my son. It flows by itself. Oh. A crane guides his own flight, master? Shut up, Clark. <laughs> I just like the idea that Clark is as annoying to the master as he is to everybody else. Yeah. So uh, then the last question that Jack asks is what should he do if he meets a master vampire? Which, by the way, suggests that he already knew what a master vampire was, which meant that the flashback before didn't really make any sense. Um, and what does the master say? Uh, he tells him to run. Run, my friend. And that's the end of a flashback, which leads right into Alex calling him a bitch and that he sucks. Yeah, and this this conversation is, ba- I mean, it's basically just them hurling insults back and forth at each other. You know, Alex keeps calling him uh, Jack a bitch. Jack keeps calling Alex fat. You know, it's, it's. I mean, it's more foreshadowing, I guess, but it's, it's sort of a fairly useless scene. Well, it is important that they make up after him freezing up and get it out in the open. Uh, to set up sure. the end of the movie, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, so at one point, actually, uh, Jack even like he, he says like You're right. I I should have told him. He apologizes, and then Alex comes back with I'm surprised because you've never said I was right and you were wrong before. Which is a really shitty way to respond to someone apologizing. Yeah. But so, Alex is a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah, he's so. a bit of a piece of shit. And he, he follows that up with drinking some of that holy water, Mo. Hey, he just chugs it down. He chugs it. And he's like, we're not going to need it. And Jack is like, we're going to need it. And uh, he's like, Yeah, exactly. They're going after fucking vampires. And they're like, oh, we're not going to need this holy water. He's like, we can get more. <laughs> so Jack arrives home uh, after what must have been an awful day. And Penny is all dressed up. What is she dressed up like, Mo? <sighs> <laughs> she is- <laughs> She is dressed up like a uh, goth club kid. Yeah, like a goth club kid. She wants to go out to a club. Jack's like, okay, just give me a second. I'll join you. But then she says that she wants a night away from him. And uh, she actually mocks the fact that his job is just hanging out with Alex and that it's fun. And his response is, I get to hang out with your friends all day. I want to go out and hang out with mine. Penny, I'm not hanging out. I'm working. Yeah. Like you driving around in the van with Alex all day isn't fun. Slaughtering legions of the undead and other modern horrors isn't exactly fun, Penny. I think um, Billy Garbarino is actually pretty good in the lead of this movie. I love him in this. I thought Jack was great. It's 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 not surprising that Billy's gone on to do a lot more acting. Then he's done directing. I mean, he's done more directing, and certainly this is a really impressive movie for what must have cost almost nothing. But I mean, you, you can tell yeah. that compared to a lot of like super low budget movie actors, he's really got it going on. He also does a bunch of stunts in this movie that look dangerous. <laughs> he gets thrown around a lot, is what I'm saying. He, he does, yes. 
So uh, Penny goes out to the club. It's called Pulse. And when she's inside, we get a nice montage of people dancing to some electronic music. They all look fucking ridiculous. Yeah, especially that one, like, real punk rock guy who's sort of, like, circle-pitting around in the middle. It's, like, really out of place, but fucking hilarious that he's just there. But then the camera cuts to the DJ at the club. Oy. And he's nodding along to the rhythm. Uh-huh. And he looks like a fucking tool. He really does. He also looks like he has a lot of weird yellow makeup on. <laughs> and there's like a group of people next to him and they're all nodding along too and then they all intentionally show their vampire teeth um well yeah clark clark's there yeah clark is the dj we, we should mention yeah and uh he he bears his fangs first or should i say he's the mp3j yes the uh <laughs> cdj <laughs> Uh, so Jack actually arrives um, at the club right after Penny ends up leaving. And when he's there, he actually sees that Clark is up there uh, DJing the show. At this point in the movie, I didn't actually connect that that character was the same character from the dojo. Oh, I did. Or that he was the character that she had been emailing. Oh, see, I did as well. So this I'm not very smart, those... Mo. I think it's this... been established on No Budget Nightmares, the podcast. See, this is one of those one of those moments where I was actually thankful for my diligent note taking, um, even though I had written down Penny's name and forgot it. But uh, I did write down uh, the email address, and when, uh, of course, like the fact the fact that they that that the email address is Master Clark at Vmail, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden we meet a character named Clark, and we're like, oh, well, he's the master, duh, because they were just talking about Master Vampires. And now we're like, and like, this is sort of like the final piece in this non-existent puzzle that it's like, oh, here's Clark. And we're now we're realizing he's a vampire and he master Clark, you know, like it's, it's not a, not, not the best mystery. Let's just put it that way. So Jack, uh, he, he sees Clark in the club and then runs outside because he's freaked out by the fact that he has discovered that Clark is likely the master vampire. Uh, he puts a lot well, of twos his, and twos his, together. Yeah, his his sensei sensei told him to run. Told him to run, so he runs. Yeah, and then he stops, and then this happens. I think I need to change my pants. Oh, get the fuck out of my way! <laughs> That's the moment I mentioned at the beginning where the zombie just approaches him. He's like, "Just fuck off! Get the fuck out of my way! Get the fuck out of my way!" I just love the idea that like the zombies in this world are more of an annoyance than anything. Yeah, they're else. just a nuisance. I love it. So the next day, um, uh, there it's Alex and Jack are driving around, I guess, and he tells uh, Alex that he saw Clark and that he is the master vampire. But Alex is very skeptical. About the fact that Clark is a master vampire. Until he sees something. What does he see, Mo? Um, oh, yeah, right. They drive by <laughs> and, uh, and Clark is sunbathing. And he, waves, and he waves to them. He waves to them as they're driving by. Yeah. <laughs> smiling with his fangs out. It's pretty <laughs> terrific, actually. It's actually a great moment, yeah. So a little bit later on, uh, Jack and uh, Alex are <sighs> once again uh, working. And they arrive where some werewolves are eating a guy. Werewolves, Mo. Yeah, it's like the one moment we get werewolves in this. Well, you know, werewolves are tough. There's a lot of makeup involved with werewolves. But they do, I, and I love the fact that they give a little bit of foreshadowing, like uh, when he's talking to Penny before, uh, that there's going to be werewolves coming up, because she's like, and like the full moon isn't for a couple of days. <laughs> but it is the middle of the day, and yeah. and again, a bunch of werewolves are eating some guys. Um, 
so Alex says instead of worrying about the master, they'll they'll figure that out when the time comes. And then he drinks some more holy water. And then they get out their weapons to fight the werewolves. And they start by saying this. Hey, jerk off! The barking. Mobile neuter and spaying unit. <laughs> so then Jack takes out a dog whistle and blows it and they all start howling. Uh, but it doesn't really matter anyway, because uh, Alex takes out a machine gun and with the help of some digital effects, starts mowing them down. Yep. And then one comes at him from the side and Jack ends up stabbing it with a big metal stake. And Alex, the dick that he is, asks him why it took him so long. Yeah. Alex is a fucking asshole. Jesus. He's unpleasant to spend time with in this yeah. movie where he spends almost all of it on the screen. <laughs> yeah. So their next stop is at a record store and the owner is there and he's really pissed off because he called over two hours ago and he's pissed that it's taken so long. They're complaining just like you would in any other job that, you know, they don't handle billing and they're new, but they're going to do the very best they can. I mean, the only thing he's dealing with is the fact that there's a zombie wandering around his aisles and this zombie doesn't have any arms. And yeah, it, this is a great joke too because uh, this is uh, amazing, actually. Yeah, I, I love this joke. So Jack goes to deal with the zombie, you know, because he's the hand-to-hand guy, and the zombie just bites down on Jack's forearm, and Jack just screams, you know, <laughs> like just blood curdling scream. And then he kind of stops. And he looks up. He goes, "Kidding? He doesn't have any teeth." <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then he starts smacking around the zombie, doing like a James Cagney impression. <laughs> Then he brings the zombie outside, and this leads into my favorite moment in the entire movie. This is the best moment in the movie. I will say that this part is very oddly edited as well, for, for in some ways for a clear reason. Yeah. Because we're dealing with kids, and you got to be very careful, and that, that sort of thing. But it, I don't feel like it's established as well as it should be, and I'll explain why right after I play this clip. Hey, mister, that zombie has no arms. And you are an observant little girl. <laughs> Doesn't have any teeth either. Hey, uh, you guys want to kick the shit out of it? Do we? We get a bring back its head. All right, that's enough of that. So what's happening there is a girl, as you heard, uh, you know, mentions that she sees that the zombie doesn't have any arms, that doesn't have any teeth, and then uh, Jack asks if he if he wants to beat the shit out of it. But the thing is, when he asks that, we only think that there's one girl there, and then you right. get this shot, this uh, the shot of a second girl, and she's saying, "Boy, do I want to get the merit badge?" And then it shows a whole bunch of girls, and yeah. and they're all wearing like these uh, bandanas because they're supposed to be like girl guides, right? Yeah, yeah, and, which is established, but it's. They really should have shown the group first, you know? Or if they wanted it to be a joke where, like, we only see one and then there's a group, they should have went from her saying that line and him saying, do you want to kick the shit out of it, then show that there's a group there. Because how it is, it's really strange because they're like, do a, you know, we're going to do it for the merit badge. And then there's just a pause and then a whole bunch of girls go after the zombie. Maybe it's just me, Mo. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks that that's a, that not as effective a way of presenting this. Yeah, it worked. I do like how they're obviously, you can even hear it in the clip there where he says, want to beat the shit out of it, where it's a different audio quality because he's obviously not saying it to a little kid. Right. Which is hilarious because like, I mean, I don't know. I, me personally, I think it's hilarious when you swear at kids, but I guess it's just me. So Alex is watching all this and he's like, we're going to hell. You know that, right? And Jack's response is, I figure you'll get stuck in the f- floor on the way in, fatty. 
Yeah, more fat jokes. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Later on, they're uh, talking to a guy in a gimp mask. <laughs> this is a great scene, too. So uh, this is uh, some sort of BDSM uh, location, and the dude in the gimp mask uh, is sort of hesitant. He's scared. Uh, apparently, they have zombies on their hands, and it's because they've been experimenting Mo with zombie play. Zombie play in their lair. <laughs> so they have been, I guess, fucking zombies or involving zombies in some sort of sexual act uh and now in their lair they have 14 or maybe 16 zombies down there yeah and if poultry geist has taught us anything is that you shouldn't do anything sexual to zombies because pieces of them fall off that's very important to know yeah so uh just to kind of broad (laughs) the broad strokes of this uh, is that they go down to the lair in order to kill the zombies but when they're heading down alex is there with a shotgun but as jack goes down he gets a call another phone call from penny who is really wanting to whine at him. And he tells Alex that he needs a moment to talk to her before he pitches in, which is tough because they have like 14 to 16 zombies to deal with. Yeah, there's 16 zombies. This leads into a really great first-person POV, like a, a very much like Doom or like a first-person shooter, where, yeah. where it's it's the first person of the shotgun as Alex goes around shooting zombies. It's really done well, like shockingly well. Yeah, it's, yeah this is, it's a really well-composed uh, uh, scene. Yeah, and so he blows off a bunch of zombie heads, and it's very violent, and it's pretty terrific. And yep. he yells at Jack. He goes, Jack, I sort of need your undivided fucking attention. <clears throat> Except instead of saying it cool like I just said it, he says it like Alex says it in this movie. And it's super annoying. <laughs> it's yeah, kind of whiny. Uh, and like, and it, it cracks me up because it seems to me like anytime Penny calls uh, Jack, like when he talks to her on the phone, uh every like every time he talks to her on the phone it's always we need to talk there's a problem with our relationship yeah. blah 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 but every time he sees her in person it's just it's more it's always just did you get my cigarettes you know like and they don't actually ever talk about anything they're supposed to talk about um but i guess in this particular case penny is talking about how she wants to go visit her mom in boston and uh, she says some other stuff. Yeah, about how how they're having issues. It's it, like basically every time Penny calls them, they have the same fucking conversation. They do. It ramps up slightly, but it yeah. becomes, especially at this point, very repetitive because we're about yeah. an hour into the movie. And right. here's there's something I re- again I like this movie a lot, and there's so much good stuff in it. But the pacing is really strange because there's a lot of these kind of vignettes, right, of them yeah. taking care of different kinds of creatures. Sure. But the fact that what happens when they do them when they're at these these different locations is so similar in terms of her communicating and them having some sort of argument about it is that it starts to get a bit tiresome. Yeah. By this point, you're, you're just completely fed up with Jack and Penny's relationship. You know, I mean, which is, it's honestly, you're pretty fed up with it right from the get go. But by this point, it's now an hour of it. And you're like, Oh, fuck's sake just end this already so they end their conversation <laughs> and uh Ale- wah, wah. and alex goes uh you know jack alex is pissed at jack jack says that he could recognize if there's a threat uh and then in their conversation this is a weird complaint from Mimo, but they say fuck too much in this movie i don't see how that's even an issue they just do uh so they're they're out there killing a bunch of zombies and then they start counting them up to make sure yeah that they've gotten everybody they're like nine six fifteen and uh, then they hear someone get, say, a little help, and he's hanging <laughs> upside down from the ceiling. I thought that was kind of great. That's like, a, that is cause, pretty Because the obvious joke there would have been to have a zombie come in from that little curtain behind them. But the fact that they didn't do that, and it was just one of like the random fucking BDSM guys like hanging from the ceiling, I thought so, that was... It's a lot more of a hassle to hang someone from the ceiling, too. Right, right, exactly. It's, I thought that was great. So that night, 
Jack is sound asleep, and Penny wakes him up to tell him that she's worried that they're drifting apart, which they are, and it's probably they, a good thing. Yeah, definitely a good thing. So they have a conversation, which is uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she says that she hasn't been happy in the relationship for a while, that she's been talking to Clark, mm-hmm. uh, and she mentions that her and Clark, who apparently had dated previously, didn't have closure on their relationship because he just left to go to L.A. Yeah, and which, is an- which is another like red flag there so basically she says that she wants an open relationship but really she just wants an open relationship yeah what she's saying is i want to stay with you but i still want to fuck clark yes um and then she when he's when he protests she's like i'm giving you the opportunity to hold on here don't make me choose and it's like fuck yeah she's awful but i guess you know again at least she's intentionally awful yeah, you know, and uh, uh, I, I like the fact that she she tells him not to choose between like her and her ability to see Clark. <laughs> uh, so later we're back at the golf club, and Clark is there <laughs> playing some sort of like industrial synth on a synthesizer, playing quote unquote music. <laughs> right, it's awful. What's great for the rest of this movie is we get a lot more Clark, and Clark is a fucking douchebag, and this movie is fully aware of it. And so he's there on the synthesizer and a vampire comes in and he's like, Master. And his response is this. Master. Never while I'm working on my art. (laughs) (laughs) See, now here's, here's the difference between Alex and Penny and Clark. You know, like Clark is a douchebag, but he's a funny douchebag. Right. You know, like, I actually really like the character of Clark. Like, I like, like, the fact that he's such, like, a vampire douche, you know, whereas Penny and Alex are just terrible. So, uh, the the vampire says that he's just, he, has, he wants to take care of the guys who killed their coven of, um, of goth kids and one vampire, I guess. Did you just say coven? Coven. All right, all right. Coven. Mark. All right, Mark Bashar. Can you be more menacing? <laughs> Um <laughs> uh, yeah, more but menacing. I, but his his <laughs> his reasoning behind why he hasn't taken care of Jack and Alex yet is fucking brilliant. He's like, I'm working on a mix CD for Penny. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, but I think it's time for my dinner after all. Uh, so the lackey vampire, <laughs> shockingly to me, brings oof. him a plate with a baby on it. Yeah. A living, real baby. Yeah, like an actual fucking baby. It's he he pos- kind of great. He positions the baby on its stomach because that's how you're supposed to hold babies. Is it? And then he pierces the back of its head with its fingers. With some really, really terrible, like, overdubbed sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then his vampire guy brings him a straw so he can suck out, like, the brains and blood out of the kid. The best part, too, is that, like, after he quote-unquote pierces the baby's skull uh like there is like one quick shot where you do see the baby's face and the baby's still all like bright-eyed and, <laughs> and happy <laughs> in some ways in some ways that's more disturbing <laughs> yeah it's a little more disturbing but you know it's it's supposed to be dead but yeah he sucks the baby's brain out with a tube and then we get the most terrifying moment of the movie it's alex walking around in a weird surreal location it took me a second to realize this was supposed to be a dream sequence (laughs) and man was i happy when it turned out to be because what it is is alex is walking around and there are zombies just dancing in front of him doing the uh the mashed potato doing the swim 
doing uh, the, like the Russian dance where you kick in a really comical manner. The Cossack, Cossack dance. The Cossack dance. It's very good. So he's, uh, he's smoking a cigarette. He's watching these zombies dance around. And he goes, hi, guys. And they go, hi, Alex. And then he leaves the room. And then he almost runs into a goat. Yeah. And that told me this is a dream. Yeah, basically like the moment he – I mean obviously the, the the zombies waving back and saying hi, Alex, should have been the tip-off. But really when he walks into the other room and there's a goat there, that's like, – Remember the part in Killing Spremo where they have a dream sequence and the, uh, the woman's head turns into a giant pair of lips, which then devour the guy as if she's giving oral sex? Yes. That was good. Anyway, that, so he opened <laughs> – Alex, Alex opens the door and when he um, – inside the room, Penny is there and she has Jack on a leash – She's like all sexily dressed in like lingerie. She has Jack on a leash, uh, or I guess it's more accurate to say she's like an S and M gear. Yeah, with sporting some fucking serious cleavage in this scene. Grow I'm, up. No, I'm, not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like objectifying or anything. I'm just saying it's it's nice. Yeah, I can. I started to see what Jack was seeing in Penny. Yeah. Um, so Jack is there on a leash, drinking from a dog bowl. And then Alex goes, why are you wearing that clown nose? And then it cuts back to Jack and he's wearing a clown nose. Talking about how love is great. Uh-huh. Then Penny flips him off and the door closes. Uh, and then... Uh, something else happens before the door closes. What happens? Yeah, she is pegging the shit out oh, of him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she's... Yeah, she's like riding him from behind. She is pegging the shit out of him. Well, whatever. <laughs> we all... We all have different preferences. Anyway, so they close the door. <laughs> um, we uh, Alex approaches a women's bathroom, um, that which says "Do not use out of order." And then a bunch of women approach him, and they're all willing to be his special someone. They're the women from the sorority earlier, I think. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Most like, of them are. At the Alex, make love to us. I want to tongue dart you. That is that's one of my favorite lines in the entire <laughs> movie. Like the fact that just like in this random dream su- sequence. He has a woman tell him that he wa- that she wants to tongue dart him. I'm like, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> so Alex wakes up suddenly, covered in sweat. Ugh. He says, fuck, and lays back down. And then what happens, Mo? Yeah, he starts jerking off. He starts jerking off in the movie, Mo. Yeah. So uh, that's a useful sequence. <laughs> Certainly couldn't have been excised from the movie. I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was kind of fitting. You know, because you have this dream where, like, all these chicks want to fucking bang you and shit. And, yeah, you wake up and you pound one out. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in real life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying that it ruins the reality of the movie that we're watching. (laughs) So, anyway, the next day, Alex tells tells Jack that he's convinced that Penny is also a vampire. I guess because of his dream. But Jack says, I, I, I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack's like, Jack explains that, like, she can't be. She ordered extra garlic on her food. Like, I like how that works. Alex is like, oh, well, she's going to be a vampire soon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack uh, is drinking coffee, and Alex says that he added a secret ingredient, and it's holy water. That bastard. So anyway, the boss comes out, because they're at the zombie gun. I should have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got some clamps in his hand, which he's smoking a joint out of, because he's awesome. Mm-hmm. So they are told they need to go to southeast of the industrial area because there are tons of zombies. And uh, they head out, and Alex pauses to smoke a joint, uh, the joint from the, from the clamps on the way out. Mm-hmm. So they drive around, and they're driving around for apparently almost an hour, and they see a few zombies around. But they're like, you know, people, they call in saying that there's tons there just to get them out faster, but there's not really that many. But then dozens and dozens of zombies all arrive at once. 
Yeah. And so, like, while in the midst of the skirmish with the original batch of zombies, uh, the very notable thing of Jack dropping the van keys happens. Mm. Uh, so when all the other zombies show up, uh, they are forced to retreat back to their truck, in which they can now no longer move because Jack does not have the uh, the keys to operate said vehicle. So they're stuck in this truck. They're surrounded by zombies. It's like that movie, The Battery. Mo, have you seen that movie, The Battery? Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. It's okay. Oh, I liked it a lot. I thought there were some good moments. Oh, I liked it a lot, though. Anyway, they're not as that fucked mo- as the guys in that movie, because for that, one... That that movie also has a, an interesting masturbation scene. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're not as fucked as those guys, because they have phones that work. <laughs> so right. they have people that they can call. So um, Jack's phone actually ends up ringing before he can call anyone, and it's Penny, once again, wondering what time he'll be home. Um, and he basically she's trying to find out what time he'll be back because Clark is there and he's giving her oral sex. And what's notable about that, Mo? Uh, is that his face is covered in blood? Now, why would that be? I would assume I would like to hope. Mo, it's, it's, what's your favorite uh, hockey team? Is it the Detroit Red Wings? Uh, it's not. <laughs> um, I see. I see. I took it as that he bit her. Yeah. You know. The other way you can take it is that she's on her period. Oh, all right. I'm going to assume, based on how she looks at the end of the movie, that he bit her. Yeah, sure. I let's let's just stick it with he bit her. <laughs> so Jack put uh, he hangs up the phone and he thinks something's wrong with Penny because she sounded like she was enjoying herself probably, um, and he decides that he's going to call the the boss for advice. Um, and when he calls him, the boss is back Jesus. at the office. Uh, tying off so he can shoot up with what looks like reanimator fluid. <laughs> and he's like really, really takes his time answering the phone. And he eventually, um, uh, he's very unhelpful. But they suggest that they, um, does he suggest that they call Paul? I think he does. He does. He suggests they call Paul, but says, but it's his day off. But because they don't have an option, they call Paul. And let's listen to that first. So that's Paul. Paul has a beard and he's awesome. Yeah. Paul is a character that I wish they would have established earlier in the film. Uh, it seems like they should have at this point. They should have, you know, to establish that he is a badass. It would have been uh, way better for them pulling him in at this point in the movie. And he's awesome. I got I, I, this part ruined parts of the movie for me because I suddenly started to think, you know, what would be great is if Jack was the main character mm-hmm. and he got a job hesitantly at this move uh, at zombie gone. And he was paired up with an old grizzled guy, this guy, Paul. And yeah. it, it's sort of like a repo man ish. Sure. <laughs> That's a movie, man. That Someone make that movie. That would have been a way better film. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I get, not that we're not enjoying ourselves. No, 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 no. I'm not saying anything particularly bad about this one because I did really enjoy this one. But the idea of, of Jack going through this entire movie with Paul instead of Alex would have just been fucking fantastic. So obviously the joke with Paul is that he's supposed to be like a Paul Bunyan type, you know. He has like an he axe. Sho- 
Yeah, he shows he shows up and he's got his axe and he's wearing flannel. And he's got the big beard. He's got a big blue ox yeah. named Babe. He doesn't. Does but, not. Okay. You know. He does, however, have a serious chainsaw. And also some steampunk glasses. He does have some steampunk glasses. <laughs> anyway, he has a gigantic saw. So he asks for his saw after chopping a bunch of them with an axe. Yeah. And Jack gives him like a hand saw. This little like tiny hacksaw. And he goes, my other saw. And then he gets, he brings out a massive chainsaw. Yeah. And I have to say, I was very, very impressed with the special effects here. Because I believe that the saw itself in this chainsaw was completely CG the whole time. Mm. Uh, and it's done very, very well. There's like limbs flying around. You see wounds on people's faces. It's yeah. honestly, considering how often chainsaws are used in horror movies and how usually they are not, they don't look very good, this was yeah. done really, really well. I really enjoyed This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. So he kills all the zombies. <laughs> all of them. Then he gives them, uh, Jack and Alex, the chainsaw, and he says, don't call me till Wednesday. Yeah, there's actually even a moment where like we see Jack and Alex sort of talking and they're like, oh, should we help him? And he's like, uh, you know, we'll probably just get away. So this is actually, this leads right into one of my other favorite parts in the movie, which is that Jack and Alex, they're talking about how they had another shitty day because they're really worried about Clark because they know that Clark knows who they are, mm-hmm. that he is basically unstoppable. Alex really wants to leave town, but Jack is like, what are we supposed to do? And then he comes up with an idea. Maybe we don't have to fight him at all. (laughs) So his idea, it's kind of a two-step idea, but I love the first part of the idea, which is Clark is still sitting in his driveway, listening to music on headphones and and tanning himself, right? Yeah, yeah. And they go over there and they just run him over with the fucking van. I love the fact that they just run him over. <laughs> they just like, drive the van over. Brilliant. So he, he doesn't kill him. They don't even expect it to kill him, but he gets up. He's like all tangled up in his chair. And they toss a fucking brick with a note <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> they throw a brick at his head with a note and then he reads the note and it says this. Hey, dickhead. Oh. <laughs> Back alley of the Lobo Theater, one hour. P.S. You can't spin for shit. <laughs> I like uh, I like out of everything in that note, the thing that pisses him off. You can't spin for shit. I love that a that it works. So he goes mm-hmm. exactly where they want him to go, and b that their plan is what is their plan, Mo? To drop a baby grand piano on him. So they're hanging a grand piano over this fucking alleyway where they're going to wait for him to go to. They have a um, a fish tank full of blood there. Yeah. And they're going to get him to that spot and then drop a piano on him. But before that, they talk about uh, possible places they can run and hide. Offhand? Mexico's looking pretty good right about now. Yeah, what's wrong with Canada? It's fucking Canada. Besides, I'll blend in better down south. Hey, that's great, me amigo. But how about some thoughts about the here and now? <laughs> me amigo. Anyway, that's some slagging off of my home country, so I didn't much enjoy it. I thought it was hilarious. Guy hates Canada a lot, considering he's got the O Canada as his uh, ringtone. The well, greatest of all national anthems. Sure it is. The greatest. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard Russia's national Actually, anthem? Actually, you're it's right. Fu- it's fucking that amazing. That thing is fucking amazing. It, it sounds... Epic as shit. It, honestly, when I listen to it, I'm like, God, I wish I lived in Russia. Yeah, right. Exactly. You listen to that and you're like, how could you not be proud of this country with this fucking epic national anthem? But, oh, Canada is better than your star-spangled shit. No, no, no. Our <laughs> national anthem is awful. All right. I didn't 
figure that you were going to agree with me. No, yeah. Anyway, no, 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 no. I, I don't like our national anthem at all. I think it's awful. Clark arrives, and he's wearing a bandana because, just to add a little extra bit of douchiness to him. Sure. He sees a sign in the alleyway that says, Free Blood, and he follows the arrows, which lead, as I mentioned before, to a fish tank full of blood. <laughs> and Jack leans over the edge, and he goes, Hey, Clark, what's that you got on your face? And then they drop a piano on him, and <laughs> Clark briefly turns into a odd-looking mannequin <laughs> that a piano falls on. A real piano. It's great, actually. It's amazing. Yep. I would love to think that during the making of this, at some point, a piano was made available <laughs> to Billy Gabarina or Richard Griffin, his co-director, or both of them. And they were like, well, I can, th- I can think of a way to incorporate this into the movie. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's outstanding. So... So um, eventually, they're like celebrating. They're like, we did it. They were, and Jack's like, I really wasn't sure that was going to work. But then we see Clark crawling out from under the debris of the piano. Yeah, that shit don't work. Jack sees it, and he tells Alex to run. And then we see Clark climbing up the wall. And it's really ridiculous looking. But hey. It really is ridiculous. It's really. It, it, hey, they did it. And I, I look at Jack says, at least he can't fucking fly. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes up to the rooftop with them. And um, he poses and he shows his fangs and stuff like that. And then we get a lot of like uh, hand-to-hand combat and attempts by Alex to shoot him. Now, the thing about shooting him is that it seems to have no effect except for knocking him back. Yep. There's a part where like there's a lot of choreographed fighting between Clark and um, and Jack. And it looks like, like both of them really do have some sort of martial arts skill, I guess. I guess maybe they really were students of something. But it's uh, it's kind of slow, but it's still pretty impressive that it's an actual yeah, it's not, I mean, Actually, in all honesty, I was by this point, I was watching everything on 1.5 speed. Oh, so, mo. So, so watching it quicker is way more impressive. <laughs> they were going almost normal speed. Yeah. Uh, there's a part where Jack is tossed over the edge of the rooftop and he has to hang there. That looked dangerous. It probably wasn't, but, you know, it it's, looked it. It's dangerous. Clark, eventually, um, while while he's hanging from the, the – while Jack is hanging from the top of the building, he catches Alex's gun as Alex is trying to shoot him. He throws it, and he picks up Alex by the neck and lifts him up into the air. And he goes, are you ready to die, little hunter? And then Jack, uh, Alex sorry, pulls out two handguns and starts shooting him, like, a ton of times. Which uh, also was a great little uh, – you know, visual, like how they did the camera yeah. on that one. Cause they cut back to that, that really cool first person again. And it, bah, 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 bah. it was great. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. And then, yeah. uh, Jack pulls himself up, takes out a stake, goes over to, uh, Clark who has fallen down and he stakes him in the chest and then he stomps on it, which is actually really fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, yes, they killed him. But then Clark opens up his shirt and he's wearing protection. What's he wearing? Mo? He's wearing like this ridiculous fucking like chest piece thing. It's a chest piece and he's got a necklace with like a big onk on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, he's wearing a chest piece, which apparently has protected him. I don't know how like the fucking stake seemed to go in so far. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so uh, we find out. So they're fucked, right? They're exhausted. They have a guy who is not dead that they have to fight. But Alex says he has an idea and he tells Jack to fight. So they fight. And Clark gets the better of just about every exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clark Clark is handling them both easily. Yes. Uh, and in fact, there's a part where uh, Clark tells Jack that he's already taken Penny and that he didn't have to seduce her at all. Uh, and that makes uh, <laughs> that makes Jack very upset. Alex ends up hitting him briefly. Uh, Clark 
um, but Clark knocks Alex across the roof. And then it's just kind of like a one-on-one sequence between Jack and Clark, and they have this exchange. Let's dance. Who has two fangs and fucked your girlfriend? This guy. <laughs> I love that. That's the sound of him just beating the shit out of Jack. <laughs> Uh, and or no, that actually that's the sound of Jack punching the shit out of him, and he's just laughing while it's happening because it doesn't hurt him. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly that. Yeah, right? Exactly. So Jack uh, ends up grabbing the necklace. It's confusing. So he grabs the necklace and 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 holds Clark while Clark tries to bite him, and this leads into the big idea that Alex mentioned that he has, which is that he undoes his fly of his pants, <sighs> and he pisses all over Clark's face. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of piss. Lots of it. And some of it well, goes he's in his... Been, he's been drinking a lot of holy water. A lot of holy water, and it goes in his mouth, and it's gross. And uh, actually, there's two streams as well, I guess because he masturbated somewhat recently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, with this holy water piss going in Clark's face, Clark starts to melt. And I actually think the series of, of effects that they used to show Clark melting was actually really neat. The first one's a little... First one's a little iffy. The first one's a little iffy, but when, when they cut to, like, the skull and the eyes popping and stuff, I thought that was fucking yeah. great. It gets better as it goes along, which it should. And it yeah. it ends... Uh, and Alex is just there drinking more holy water, and eventually the empty skull of Clark just falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. And then Jack and Alex sit together in victory. And Alex is drinking holy water, and Jack says, hey, I could use a pull off of that right now. Mm-hmm. But Jack is still feeling a little down because... He feels like Penny is already gone. He even starts crying at the thought of uh, of what's going on with Penny. He, sh- he should have been fucking celebrating. <laughs> so this leads into the end of the movie, Mo. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be something you're going to have to explain to me in a second. Okay. Okay. So what happens is Jack arrives home. Penny is in bed and she's tossing and turning. She looks very ill, uh, very pale. And he goes, honey, I'm home. And he comes. Jack comes into the bedroom with an axe. So yep. she she says she tells him there's something that I need to tell you about her, about me and Clark. He says that he already knows, and uh, then he says uh, this. There's something I need to tell you. What is it, baby? It's over. So that's the sound of him killing her with an axe or cutting her head off, I should say. Yes. Then it cuts to Alex and Jack walking together. And Alex is like, you know, it's something that that you needed to do. Uh, and Jack is like, it was up to me to do it. And he then Alex says, but, you know, there's an easier way to kill a vampire than decapitation. And Jack goes, vampire, huh? And then Alex looks horrified. And then the movie ends. Yeah. Because the idea is that when Jack killed her, he didn't know that she was a vampire. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you take one fucking look at her and realize that she's either in the process of turning or already turned. So, I mean, but I, I don't, I, yeah, like there's two ways to look at it. Either he just killed his girlfriend, uh, which is horrifying, or the fact that he's just joking about not knowing her being, not, not knowing about her being a vampire. I mean, they had already commented so many times in the movie about the fact that she was either a vampire or going to be a vampire, even with the, the fact that she had garlic on that pizza. But and you know even when they were fighting with Clark, he said that you know that he's already has her and stuff like that. I yeah. just like this. It felt like this was supposed to be like a really funny, hard hitting moment at the end. It's like, ha, he killed her. He didn't even know she was a vampire. But I feel yeah. like it falls flat. 
Yeah, I think it kind of does too. Um, you know, not not really the best way to to end the movie, but I see. I I'm gonna prefer to think of it as him joking about not knowing she's a vampire, right? Better than better than him having just brutally cold blooded murdered his girlfriend. <laughs> and Alex Alex's response is still kind of strange, just because he's been so nonplussed with everything in the entire movie up to that point, <laughs> right? Which cuts right into the closing credits. And are there any interesting things in the closing credits, Mo? You know I don't watch the credits. Uh, I do like the baby that was eaten in this movie is credited as baby uneaten in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did actually notice one thing. Is I think it was uh, either like set design or costume design was uh, Jen the Ruiner, ah. which, I, which I thought was uh, kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, there are tons of zombies listed. Lots yeah. of people played zombies in this. There is a special thanks to J.R. Bookwalter, friend of the show, J.R. Bookwalter. Uh, and it does end with the, the classic... <laughs> the similarities to people living or dead. It says any similarities are strictly a figment of your sad, twisted imagination. Did they thank Jesus in this one? <laughs> Thanks for all the help, Jesus. 2007's Necroville, Mo. What'd you think? I liked it. I would watch it again. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be, an, you know, by the hour point, I'd be just as annoyed with Alex as I was in this one. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, this, this seems like the kind of movie that'd be real fun to gather up a bunch of friends and, you know, drink some brewskis and and make fun of yeah i mean I, there's a lot of really good ideas in it and there's a lot of really decent dialogue there's some good acting i think again billy yeah, is ja- great yeah Billy's. jack's jack's great um and there's you know quality violence again it's entertaining all the way through and, Clark, and you know what and clark's great too yeah well actually most of the people in it are great except for one notable person um <laughs> but yeah i will say Penny. the thing i had the most trouble with in regards to necroville mm-hmm. and maybe listeners to the show <laughs> Who are who? Which is going on? It's I think it's second hour right now. Uh, might pick up on is that it's long. It's too long. Like, it is too long. Now it's weird. It's a weird thing to say. It's not like this movie is two hours long. It's it's about a um, hundred minutes, maybe a hundred and five minutes, something like that. It just feels for this kind of production. It feels like even ninety minutes would have been pushing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that this went an hour and 40 minutes, you know, I mean, granted, that's with credits, but still, there's not a ton of credits in this. It just it just feels like that if you cut 10 or 15 minutes out of this, it would move so much better. Now, and I, I'm not thinking offhand, like, what could you necessarily excise, though that dream sequence would probably be one of them. Uh, but it, it just yeah. it just feels like the pacing of it. It's a lot of stop, start, stop, start. And the exposition is coming in sort of drips and drabs. And then... Everything stops to just deal with the vampire thing in the last half hour or so. Yeah. Um, and and it, it I think it would be better to kind of sprinkle it throughout and maybe establish things a little bit more. And again, the fun, the funniest parts of this movie and the most enjoyable parts, I think, for most people watching it will be sort of like the vignettes of them doing their job. And you can't really cut those out, but you could cut them down a little bit. Yeah. And like, honestly, I think the, uh, I think that them, like the, their initial contact with the vampire should have been earlier. Yes. Like, you know, like it should have been before, um, before we start seeing, uh, Penny clickety clacking with, with Clark, uh, they should, they shouldn't have given the Clark email address away because that gives the whole fucking thing away. Uh, like it should have been a shock that Clark was the master vampire. Yeah. Um, they should have established uh, uh, Jack's martial arts training and Clark being there earlier in the film, too. Um, and then, and yeah, there are at least 
uh, two scenes that probably could have been just completely cut out. Again, that's just our opinion. I, and it's I, just, I just and that's nitpicking because honestly, like the movie's an hour and forty, and yes, it's a little long, but it's not unbearable. Exactly, you're not. You know? there might, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, when's this going to end? Especially because no. the last 15, 20 minutes actually do have a really nice pacing to them. It's just yeah. that I wish like the whole movie moved like that. Right. Um, now, uh, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, we have seen Billy Gabrina on this show before because he appeared in the Chris Seaver segment of High Eight, uh, my least favorite segment in that movie. But uh, <laughs> the, what's that? The, that's the genre bending. one, Yes, right? genre yeah. bending. But he's done lots of acting in low budget movies. In uh, he was in his own film Rot Gut, which he made in 2012. Uh, Chris Seaver's Return to Blood Fart Lake. He's done. <laughs> he's, he's acted. He's acted in a lot of different low budget productions, and also. Yeah. Um, he also has directed a few other things, including Rock Gut, as I mentioned, Stiff from 2010, I Heart You from 2014. Richard Griffin, the co-director, um, he's done a shitload of stuff. Seven Dorms of Death, I think, is the one I'm most familiar with. But he's been working mm. uh, D- Disco Exorcist, which actually I have seen um, back in 2011. Just a really long career of low-budget uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> a lot of low-budget movies that our audience might be familiar with. So, yeah. So, this has a great pedigree. It's, I'm glad to see that they everyone's gone on to do other things. And I'm absolutely interested in seeing what Billy Garbarina has done since then. Yeah. Check out... What's this movie called again? Necroville. Necroville from 2007. Available at your local video store. Possibly. Look it up online. You can find it somewhere. Yeah. The tagline of it, as I mentioned again in the last episode, is zombies, vampires, werewolves, and one horrible girlfriend. (laughs) That is absolutely true. (laughs) Pretty pretty accurate. But that's it. That's Necroville from 2007. That's all we have to say about it. But Mo, our work is never done. We're never finished with low-budget movies to talk about. Never done. So that leads into what I'm just going to say now, (laughs) which is... (laughs) The thing I'm sa- what I'm saying now follows what I said before. Uh, a couple all days right, ago, all right, purred. A couple days ago, I was uh, speaking online on the internet with the director of Rewind This, Josh Johnson, who wanted to let me know about a movie which he said was one of the worst that he's seen. He said mm-hmm. it was very painful. Now that doesn't mean much when people tell me that because most people they just don't know, right? You know what I'm talking about, Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when most people say that, you don't listen. When Josh says that, that's a different story. Josh is probably the world's leading proponent of science crazed. He knows yeah. of what he speaks. So when yeah. he says, "Hey, this movie is really something else," then you need to sit down and you need to pay attention. And I did pay attention, and because he recommended it on the next episode of the No Budget Nightmares podcast, we're going to be watching 1988's My Lovely Burnt Brother and His Squashed Brain. Which is one of the best titles, like, maybe ever. Directed that, by- is a, that is a brilliant fucking title. Um, I, yeah. That's it. That's all I'm... That's, Directed by Giovanni Arduino and Andrea Leoy, I guess. Uh, My Lovely Burnt Brother and His Squashed Brain from 1988 on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares. Mo, if people want to yep. find out more about No Budget Nightmares, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, they pop right on Facebook and either do a search for No Budget Nightmares, they'll find us no problem, or if they want to go directly to us, they can go to facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares, one word. Duh, bears. Um, Duh, bears, not bears, not bears. 
You can also find a link to our Facebook group over at nobudgetpodcast.com, our website, where you can also subscribe via iTunes. Please leave us a review there. We'd appreciate it very much. We also have the RSS feed there. If you want to uh, subscribe via any other program, there are other links to things that you can discover there as well, including Mm. our archive of podcasts. Check it out. And I should let you know right now, I'm in the process of revamping the website, uh, and it's uh, coming along probably in the next couple of weeks. It will be finished, but uh, it'll be much more beautiful to look at. Yeah, I I, uh, I got that uh, that little sneak peek on it that you uh, that you showed me. I, I like the way it looks. Yeah, uh, it's coming. I, I I think it works on mobile a lot better yeah. than <laughs> as opposed to not at all. It's going to work. Yeah, that yeah. is no. There's there's still a lot of additions I need to make to it, but it's coming along, and I think people are going to be really happy with it if they ever access our show via their uh, phones as opposed to just subscribing like you should. You weirdos. Uh, yeah. You can of course also find Mo and myself on the Twitter. Mo is at drunk on VHS, all one word, and I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. That's me, Doug Tilly. Uh, Mo, yeah, watched anything interesting lately? Uh, honestly, the only thing I've watched, uh, you know, since the last time we talked, is I watched Clerks the other day because it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, it might be the best movie with terrible acting I've ever seen. <laughs> it it the, that the movie was a revelation for me. Like when I saw that, it changed. Everything from and I think there's a lot of people who who hold that opinion as well. Uh, you know, and, and it's because it's accurate. It's it's a very life changing film for you know uh, aspiring filmmakers and film fans. Um, but the acting in it is fucking god awful. It's also a movie that I saw so often in the late '90s, early 2000s that I never had to see it again. Yeah, I you know I I really honestly I was just flipping through Netflix and. Uh, you know, and it just happened to pop up, and I'm like, you know what? I haven't watched this in ages, and you know, I'll give it a give it a go. And of course, you know, we could theoretically at some point cover Clerks here on No Budget Nightmares. Yeah, we could. We probably yes. won't. We probably won't. But I mean, we could. <laughs> my feelings on Kevin Smith have eroded significantly over the last decade. Yeah, yoga hosers. I, you know, yeah, no, don't yeah. Need, we don't need to discuss this. We don't need to talk. And <laughs> you see anything else lately, Mo? No, that's it. Well, I haven't been watching a lot lately. Actually, you know what I've been watching, Mo? You want to hear a fucking nerdy thing? Yes. My wife and I have been watching episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, which is a series I'd never watched an episode of at all because everyone told me it was awful. And I think that the opinion of people have shifted slightly to say that the first two seasons are awful and then the final two seasons are better. So mm. I'm still on the second season where it's still pretty bad. But it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's not as bad as Voyager, which is pretty shitty. <sighs> You're going to get some hate mail for that one. Really? I, I no one likes Voyager. No, man. I know people who Voyagers, they're jammed. They're so boring. The characters are so I, goddamn. I watched Voyager, so I have I'm a not, right. I'm not going to lie, man. I don't like Voyager at all. You know, like Deep me, Space I'm, Nine, that's where it's at. You and me, nah, Mo. No, man. What? I'm, I'm a next generation guy. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. That's what I'm saying. Deep, Deep Space Nine is good. I do like some Benjamin Sisko. Our nerdery has multitudes, Mo. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Not just these low budget movies. Also, uh, we're all over the mainstream place. science fiction. Yeah. Uh, I also have been watching and preparing things for some of my writing over at dorkshelf.com. Oh, I have a project I'm about to start, which I think you'll find interesting and our listeners will find interesting, but I can't talk about it yet. Thanks for nothing. Well, I can talk with you about it, Mo, because right. you and me are tight. But these listeners, <laughs> these listeners, I don't trust them. I just don't trust them. Are we really that tight, though? <laughs> no, not particularly. But I do feel we like... Have a very, we have a very pen and teller relationship where it's like we only talk when we're recording. Well, you know, there's also the couple of days before where I say, hey, Mo, when do you want to record? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We're acquaintances. 
And yeah. we look if something bad happened to you, Mo, I'd feel really bad before I moved on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'd feel bad for like a good like a good solid five minutes. Like every once in a while, the years later, I'd be like, "That's a real shame what happened to Mo." Anyway, let's see what it's at on the menu here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll take the the uh, moons over my hammy. <laughs> On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, my lovely burnt brother and his squashed brain. Look for us yeah. in the future over at dorkshelf.com. Subscribe over there and over on nobudgetpodcast.com. Look for our new website coming soon. Subscribe, please, and please leave us reviews on iTunes. We appreciate it very much. And come over to the Facebook group. You can talk to the filmmakers that are involved in these movies. Tim Ritter had some very nice things to say about our Killing Spree episode. Yeah, and um, and actually. Um, the director of Necroville and lead actor Billy Garbarina has recently joined No Budget Nightmares as well. So we'll see how he feels of what Mo said about him in this I movie. I say shit. Oh, and, uh, and before we... <laughs> I know what you're going to say now. <laughs> what, 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 what? Before we go, we also had one... We saw a really great trailer this week that we should bring up. Is that what you were going to talk about? I wasn't at all, but what are you talking about? Oh, just that uh, uh, for fans... Longtime fans of No Budget Nightmares will know how much we love Terror Tunes. Oh, God. And Terror Tunes 3, uh, starring Herschel Gordon-Lewis and his protege, Joe Castro. Yeah, protege. Uh, is coming out soon, so keep your eyes out for that. But uh, if you're offered an interview <laughs> to support the movie, I'd suggest saying no. Yeah, like some people we know have. <laughs> um, speaking of which... Uh, I, what I was going to say before is also don't forget that I am doing some, uh, writing over on, uh, After Movie Diner. Yes! After uh, Movie Diner! Well. I mean, I, I've only done the, I've only done the one so far, uh, that my, uh, my review of, uh, Outlaws and Angels, um, but I do have another one, uh, coming out soon. I can't talk about it quite yet, uh, but you know what it is. Yeah. John Cross, a friend of the show, a uh, friend in general, he has done a, a full revamp of that site. It's great. There's so it's much good content. He is pumping fucking, out content like a fucking maniac. Yeah, uh, and he's got a whole team of guys, you know, working over there uh, and girls. And, uh, you know, and I'm just one of the uh, one of the masses. Um, yeah, you all mass together in like society style. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm uh, yeah, literally like masses. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to do a a ton of writing because I've gotten to the point where I feel like if I do too much writing, then everything I write starts to sound the same and I don't want that. So I'll try to pump out maybe one or two a month, you know, but nothing crazy. I'm trying to think of alternate things I can do and I'm not going to get too into my ideas, but I, you know, I'm trying to think of, of ways I can add content without having to constantly be writing. That's, I mean, that's fair enough. And of course, you'll be able yeah. to find links to that over on our Facebook group as well. Yep. And of course, Mo will write it on Twitter whenever he decides to log into that fucking account. Probably won't. But, <laughs> but with that said, check out AfterMovieDiner.com. Is that what it is? AfterMovieDiner.com? It is, yeah. Yes. Or look up After Movie Diner on Google, which is a website for searching things. Oh. Uh, and you can find that and then go over to Dork Shelf and uh, check out our latest episode, which is this one you're listening to right now. So I guess it's a little bit superfluous, but I might have some writing there. So why don't you check it out anyway? Mm-hmm. I think that's it, Mo. We got to go. That's it. We got to go, boy. Yeah, I got to go to work. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Mo's got some holes to clean. Uh. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>